1: Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petham here as always and of course we're here to talk about Aston Villa four Southampton nil an easy pleasing victory for the villains at Villa Park on Saturday but of course I don't have just me here to talk to myself because that doesn't make any sense as Mr. Danny Raza laughs at me and tries to mess up my intro. Of course, I have him and Tom Nightingale with me, of course. So let's go to Misty, Mr. Misty. Wow. Mr. Danny Raza first. How's it going, buddy?
2: Hey, I'm good. I'm good. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. Um...
1: Yeah, man, I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad. Um, you've completely screwed my intro and I'm nervous to even talk now. But nonetheless, let's go to uh, Mr. Tom Nightingale next. How's it going for you, buddy? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Hard not to be pleased, isn't it? After a
0: result and a performance, I think it's fair to say, like that. Um, it feels like, well, a while that we've had a just a complete performance like that. Never really felt in any danger, you know, creating chances, putting chances away. You know, we've been talk- people have been talking for a while that like, obviously we've had our ups and downs even under Gerard, but I think there's been a, a fair few people saying that like one day it's just all going to click, right? And it's going to all come together because we've shown pieces of the puzzle here and there, but never really had quite, you know, the whole thing quite on display. But it feels like this weekend was the day that it all came
1: together the seas parted and the pigs flew and it all just finally came together for, of course, Aston Villa. And Tom, I'm pretty sure if I'm quoting you almost directly, you did say probably the first 10 podcasts of this season saying that uh, we'd be a a late bloomer and kind of, find form later in the season so kudos to you it seems like it's finally happening albeit it's two wins so who knows we'll have to wait and see if we can string a few more maybe it's 10 in a row again maybe we'll see that happen i highly doubt it but nonetheless i'd love to see it especially with some of the opponents coming up but of course like i said it's 4-0 to the villa on a saturday of course you're hearing this early monday morning so hopefully everyone's having a fantastic monday Tuesday, whenever you listen to this. But anyways, of course, Ollie Watkins scored in the ninth minute. Dougie Louise got on the score sheet for the first time since I think January 2020 or something wild like that. In the 44th minute, Felipe Coutinho, the man, the myth, the legend, signed him up for a lifetime deal. Yes, please. 52nd minute goal. And of course, Danny Ying scores against his former side in the 54th minute. Got himself two assists as well. Coutinho got an assist and Maddie Cash as well, which gives Cash a goal and an assist in the last two so we're rolling around smoothly here and i'd have to say that danny this is probably would you say it's the most complete performance of the season so far
2: i would say most complete because i don't think the villa had to defend too much during the game um but like certainly it was that was a game where where it felt like we created created the most piercing chances it really felt like we you know, we took it to Southampton and they couldn't handle us. And I and I genuinely think as well that wasn't that wasn't Villa in their highest gear. Like that's that's the thing. I think for me, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to pull everything back here and say that we shouldn't be excited. What I'm saying is, I'd like that Southampton team are capable of getting whacked. They've always been capable of getting whacked. Hasenhold, Like as great as he is in terms of um, in terms of his style and implementing his style, sometimes it doesn't work against certain teams like you want to press a team high up the pitch well, that's not really going to work too well for the team like Villa who are always going to have numbers in your half Um, and I think that's uh, you know, that that dangerous counter-attack just worked really well and I think as well, we've had other games where we've created chances like that, but I'd say that this is the game where Villa have been the most clinical. And you could say it's a follow-on to Ollie Watkins scoring that goal against Brighton. He knows where the net is again, and that helps. Now Danny Ings knows where the net is. And, and Coutinho's has had some top performances in a Villa shirt. This has probably been his most complete performance as well. But it's, it was one of those, for example, where, you know, people talk about, you know, Villa needed DM, Villa needed DM, it was one of those where it was it, our system just just fit. It just fit right against this Southampton team, and I'd like to see more of the same. I'd like to see that same kind of energy. But I I think it's hard for me to to say it's Villa's most complete performance when um, I genuinely don't think Villa needed to work that hard throughout that game.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, I don't really think they had to get out of first or second year really at times. I mean, I think Southampton only had one shot on goal. If I'm thinking correctly, I think they had roughly 11 shot attempts, but to be honest, aside from um, I think the one that actually went on target, I can't think of too many others where I thought they were extremely threatening, um, and albeit if I'm looking at the stats right now here really quickly, of course, Villa had 38% possession, Southampton had 62%. did not really feel like that, to be honest, and didn't feel like they really did much with it. And uh, Tom, I, I think that's kind of one thing where, I mean, we've talked about this in the past where I think some people think possession means success, and, I mean, yesterday was a perfect example of just taking your chances and making the most of it, wasn't it? Honestly, I'm quite, I, I like the fact that we didn't,
0: dominate possession it sounds like a weird thing to say but I just there have been too many times where I feel like Gerard and co have tried to get us dominating possession and pressing high and everything like that and it's all it's done in a lot of games is leave our midfield like hopelessly exposed let's be real like it's been several performances where we've been trying to play that game um and it hasn't really worked whereas like yesterday I felt like we just back from the first minute we backed ourselves to like, okay, even if we let them have what I can't remember. I've already forgotten the stat you just said, but even if we let them have like two thirds of the ball or whatever it was, we just, it's nice to see us back ourselves to be able to have that solidity, be in a position where the opponent's possession doesn't cause us too many problems. Like Danny said, we really weren't threatened at all. Such a Adam shot when it, the Martinez save and that's about it. Um, and I think the most pleasing thing for me, apart from obviously scoring four goals, like you said, Danny, like that Southampton team are there to be thrashed every so often, but it's bloody nice to be the team thrashing them in it. Like, um, but apart from the goals and the manner in which we scored them, the most pleasing thing for me was like we didn't have any of this like central midfield being left exposed. Um, I'd be interested to know what you guys think, but I kind of think that. For all the talk earlier in the season about Watkins and Ings not really been able to play together, I have thought that we, last couple of weeks, have looked better with the two of them up top and Coutinho as a central 10 in front of the midfield three than playing with uh, one up top and the two 10s tucked in from wide because I feel like that's been leaving fullbacks have needed to bomb forward to get up and it's been leaving us too exposed, whereas like we didn't really play that way yesterday and I thought we were f- far more solid for, for tweaking the system.
1: Well, we're, like, from my opinion here quickly, and then I'll get over to Danny's, but, like, I just feel like both strikers, and, of course, when I'm saying that of Watkins and Ings, they're they're playing different roles, and I feel like before it was basically, especially under Dean Smith, it was just whack them both on and kind of see what happens. Now you can kind of see... Danny Ying Sacrificing some of his maybe, I, I guess you can't even say offensive output for this game because he got a goal on two and assists, but he's doing some of the dirty work. He's tracking back, he's pressing the back line more so, and he's allowing Ollie Watkins to be a little bit more free. And with that being said, I feel like this whole midfield diamond works really, really well. Um, not only is it providing more cover to Dougie Louise, of course, because I think, of course, we all know a DM needs to be addressed in the summer. Let's not be that to to death. But I feel like with just having the likes of Coutinho there to kind of run the show himself, I feel it it frees him up more so as well. But Danny, how do you see that?
2: Yeah, I think think one thing it really suited was the fact that um, I think Watkins likes making those runs through the middle. And I think that... What he's probably had to deal with a lot of is balls into the box. Now, I don't think that Ollie Watkins, funnily enough, is amazing um, at at finishing that sideward ball, right? Or those crosses, which I think, you know, are still dangerous and you get them from cash and you get them from... But, like, it was quite quite funny as well hearing Watkins after the game. He said that sometimes Coutinho is a little bit too clever for you. Uh, Words to that effect... But that, you know, it's an absolute pleasure playing with him and that if you run forward, he will find you. And I think what it does really is it has Coutinho working closer together with Watkins. That leaves Ings as well to do his support role. He'll come back, he'll um, he'll win the ball for you. I think when the wingers were tucked in, it meant that sort of Ramsey and McGinn probably had to do a lot of work at the back, I suppose. And did, but then have to do a lot of work as well, kind of providing some sort of impetus from the centre. Whereas now, I guess it lets Coutinho do that, you know, that that, that that more sort of attacking role of actually I'll drive it forward or actually I'll take it to the striker. And Villa seemed comfortable playing narrow like that. And and so I guess that's great. And if for whatever reason it's not working, I guess you've got Bailey and Buendia off the bench, right? So, um, yeah, no, I I, I liked it. I think, I think it suited the way the Villa play. Um, and it, it lets you run the lines correctly. I think with certain teams, it's going to be a little bit harder. Teams who maybe have a little bit of a stronger sort of um, midfield, you can probably pick up runners better as well, who are going to help the defence a little bit more. I guess it's going to be difficult against, you know, if you're playing against a team with three at the back as well. But, uh, yeah, for me, it just it bamboozles Southampton. And with them playing so high up the pitch, it just allowed things and Watkins to, to make those runs freely. You will struggle against the team that that sits back more, though.
1: Yeah, massively. I mean, we'll have to wait and see um, how long this kind of run continues. But for me, it's nice to see that Gerrard isn't being stubborn and just sticking to one mindset, one formation, one kind of tactical outlay I guess if you will Um, it's nice to see a few little tweaks in there but Tom I think the one thing maybe most importantly we have to bring up of course Ezri Conzo is missing Uh, Luca Dino is missing as well Ashley Young comes in at left back Callum Chambers comes in at center back and the two slot in perfectly I mean Chambers could have had two assists he had a beautiful uh, secondary assist i guess you could call it on the dougie louise goal and i i oh so much how do i wish coutinho would have scored that long ball one but uh, what did you make of the performances of those two uh, uh replacements i guess you could say yeah i mean you could put a whole podcast together couldn't you talking about that chambers pass that was uh, that was quite
0: something um i mean i thought with all respect to Ashley Young, lo- like love Ashley Young for so many reasons uh, as a Villa fan. But I think it's fair to say that a lot of us, not necessarily all of us, but a lot of us maybe have, would have felt a tad hesitant when we saw his name in the lineup instead of Luca Dean. But um, I thought he came up big with a couple of big defensive moments, back post headers, um, under a lot of pressure. Um, Chambers has just stepped in and looks like he's been part of the Villa squad for months and months. Like he he is assimilated so quickly for at least from what we've seen on the pitch. Um, And, you know, Danny mentioned about having Buendia Bailey on the bench. Like I know we've still got a couple of fitness things like Carney Chukulmaker to come back and stuff, but like we're in a position now where the depth is really coming through because you think concert. are Despite Chambers and Young having good games, like you got to think Conser and Dean will come whenever they're... It's COVID, right? So whenever they're available, they'll probably almost certainly come back in, I think. But then you, you look at the bench yesterday and it was, what, Hors, Sanson, Buendia, Bailey, Triore, and then three kids and the goalkeeper. So you're probably looking at those three kids being replaced by Chambers, Young and Carney when they're fit again. Like, i no wouldn't
2: drop chambers
0: i mean that that's an argument right as well that's the thing like we're in a position now where genuinely we can have a legitimate conversation about how hard does Ezri concert have to work to get back into the team when he's when he's back again like that was an unthinkable conversation a few months ago and just the upgrade like talking about chambers to unzebe really played his part for us in the championship promotion season but I don't think any of us were too impressed from what we'd seen with him in the first half of this season. And to Chambers looks a hell of an upgrade in the backup for now, the backup central defensive spot. Like these are good problems to have, right? And that's it is, it's remarkable that it's a real conversation about does Chambers warrant keeping his place?
1: Well, it's interesting because now you feel like, well, with I mean, Villa get linked with X, Y, and Z center back at this. Point in time, of course, with the players and personnel that they're bringing in within the last year. So I don't know does Chambers somehow become your fourth choice center back in the summer? Uh, I feel a little bit bad for Courtney Haas to be, to be honest. Um, But nonetheless, he's making a lot of money now, and I hope he's doing well. But uh, Daniel, I'll, I'll throw this one back your way. I mean, seeing Ashley Young, albeit it took him a little bit, maybe a few more strides and a little bit more time to kind of. Uh, drive into that uh, slot just outside the Southampton box. But he, when he whipped that one in and you thought it, it could be destined for that corner, was it bringing you back to the to the heyday? Yeah, flashbacks, man. <laughs> I, I,
2: I, I wanted that to curl in. I wanted that to curl in. I, th- I, think, he, I think he had a really good game. Um, I think he suits that Gerard system really well. I know when he... I know when he... Last time he came on as a sub, um, it wasn't the last time, but one game he came on as a sub, as a fullback, and would concede it immediately. I was like, oh, it's not good. This fu- it's The funny thing about Ashley Young is he looks more comfortable on the left than he does on the right, and that's hilarious to me. Um Defensively, I don't have a lot of confidence in him, but um I think one thing you'll find with him is he'll beat a lot of players to the ball, and he's very, very good at recovering it. And actually, when it comes to moving that ball forward, when we're playing that narrow way, having someone who can cut inside like that isn't the worst thing in the world. If I'm being completely honest with you, I'd give Ashley Young another year contract. I, I honestly would, because there's something to be said about having that kind of experience in the squad. And I, I think would as, I would yeah. as well. Do you yeah. reckon some, Yeah, because I know I know I know he hasn't made loads of appearances, but he's like he's affecting the team in a positive way for me. And and, and th- there was that extra leadership on the pitch yesterday.
1: It's it's not so much like uh, he's lost a yard of pace. We all know that. And I mean, I feel like his time at United beat the hell out of him from an attacking player to basically a defensive and he's adjusted his game accordingly. I, I think the beauty with him is he's turned his kind of trickery pace into well-timed decisions for the most part. Of course, every every professional athlete has a, has a mix up here and then we've seen a few this season already, of course, but. I just feel like he's so well positioned where he is. And that kind of makes up for that lack of pace. Now, again, if we're playing like a, a man city or a team that's going to run us ragged, let's not experiment with that. But again, it's definitely a positive to see. But Tom, let's let's talk about Felipe continue a little bit more. I mean, seven games, uh, six goal contributions, three goals, three assists. I mean, sign him up for a lifetime contract. Just call Villa Park the studio because this is this is an
0: artist at work, the like, canvas because he's painting. <laughs> it is remarkable, isn't it? Like I, I know we're all in the sort of. Uh, I guess I can still say that I'm still in the younger bracket of Villa fan, although I'm uh, <laughs> I'm pushing that a little bit. But I've got you know I've got what twenty.
2: How old are you, Tom? Uh,
0: just about to turn twenty nine, so I've got about twenty two years as a right, Villa where, fan
2: we're in the same age bracket we're on the same this age bracket. This, is okay, the, yeah. this
1: has turned into the podcast with uh, receding hairlines that's all i can say
2: mine's <laughs> mine's not receding it's like going from the middle
1: ah well so, then like, you're screwed i'm sorry you know. yeah i know <laughs> mine's going to, mine's going to
0: both ends so it's just oh it's just uh it's a nightmare tom's just, just gonna have a big
1: in. circle in his head no one can see this yeah. it's not a visual yeah. podcast but if you want to picture tom then just go ahead and picture a man with no hair in the middle of his head but anyways tom continue i'll have to ask her. Uh,
0: soon i'll have to ask simon for a uh, bald man grooming tips You say <laughs>
1: get some of that lacquer to put on that <laughs> yeah anyway what were we talking about and, uh... there, do that first man Felipe coutinho <laughs> um
0: but coutinho like it's just some my point was <laughs> 22 23 years whatever, as a villa fan like i've had some magic players magic merson was the guy when i was first becoming a fan like I know a lot of us hate to say his name now, but like Grealish was a special player for us. But like in terms of raising the level of the team and just at your absolute base level of performance, being a class above, I, I, I'm not sure I've seen somebody like Coutinho um, in a Villa shirt before, to be honest. Like he, it's remarkable. And he does, it's the way he does even the simple things, but he manages to do them a level above most players. We've seen like his timing of pass, like weight of pass, weight of touch, like all of it. Um, I think he had a didn't he ha- he had a decent hand in all four goals, I think, didn't he? Because if he wasn't the assist or the scorer, he was the pass before, I think. Certainly for Watkins opener he passed to Wings.
2: We played through him. We we yeah, we like, played
0: the, the entire game was played through Coutinho. And I mean, at this point, you don't want to get too far ahead because there's you know, we're still where are we? Early March, like a lot can still happen, but like is there an argument to be made for not paying the what? For is it thirty million? Is report like rumored? Like, is there an argument for not paying There's that? Because if no, there is, I
1: can't. I'm struggling to find it. He's gonna be how? How old is he now? I look stupid not researching. Isn't he, he about is 29? twenty nine?
2: He's twenty nine. We paid. We paid thirty million or so, wasn't it? Or twenty five million also for 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 Danny Ings? Is mm-hmm. the same age?
1: Yeah. Like I'm there. I mean, unless he doesn't uh, want to sign up permanently or whatever. Like. At this point, like this is the thing, and people bring up Grealish and how everything went through him, and I'm gonna make the counter argument maybe a little bit later. How it's nice to see that not everything's going through one player, but this is for me this season in Coutinho. This is the difference between having a player that's out on a wing making an impact and in the middle. Like it just. As much as Grealish made so many other players better kind of coming in from the left or roaming around, I mean, Coutinho's just different gravy. Selling I, out three Southampton players, hoping they could tackle him, and they just, oh, I don't know. I'm in love.
0: The thing is, with Coutinho, compare, if we're comparing to Grealish as well, it's like, you're right, Like, uh, but our game under Grealish revolved around giving him the ball and basically hoping he can produce a moment of magic, usually by beating a defender and hoping that teammates from the same way went him, whereas... The difference I think with Coutinho is that you give him the ball in pretty much any situation. Doesn't matter how many men are on, how many defenders are on him, how like where he is on the pitch, whatever. You get the feeling that Coutinho gets the ball, and there are two or three things in his head that he could do, and he has the ability to pull all of them off. You know, it's A it, bit. it's different gravy.
2: <laughs> different gravy. Uh, so, like basically, the thing is with with Grealish, what you've got is like pure talent. You've got unrefined talent now he'll get molded to a certain type of player under Guardiola five years time you'll see Grealish doing a similar kind of thing right but the thing with Coutinho right now is you've got someone who's played at that high level for years he's played at that Champions League level for years he's been there he's done that he's got all that talent like you know equal or greater than um Grealish whatever right it doesn't really matter but he's got that experience as well. And he he, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's, he's got all the answers in his head already. And actually, the other thing with him is it never really looks like he's huffing and puffing to do that. You know, he's, he finds that easy. Like, it's it's all part of a football match for him, finding that right pass. You know, lifting it over a defender, doing that little turn. It's all part of what he does every single game. I think the only thing we've seen so far is maybe there has been an element of like anonymity in in, in certain in, in certain fixtures where Villa have struggled, um, but that happens. You know that happens when when a when a team isn't quite there yet, um, and 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 that can be helped. You know with a with a stronger midfield, but you know through the midfield, the last two games he's looked really really at
1: home. Yeah, massively. And Tom, I think it like it, it's. I don't know if it's fair to say, but maybe I believe it is at least. I feel like now that we're not relying on our fullbacks to basically be the almost sole offensive kind of ignition outlet to start off a, a, a positive attacking attempt, it almost feels like they're better. Like if you look at Maddie Cash's output his uh, I think I can't remember the statistics already in terms of pass completion and things like that yesterday. I mean, the man looks like different gravy to what I've ever seen him in a villa shirt before.
0: Yeah. I mean, I do think, I do think there's an aspect of that. I think that like we were putting an awful, even, and it's not just about before Coutinho, even like three weeks ago, we were putting an awful lot of uh, pressure on our fullbacks to be a serious creative force for us. Um, And they still have the ability to contribute, of course, but I think that's the thing now is that it's, I think they they should be in a position now where they feel like they're contributing to that. The onus isn't on them to be like chief creators for us. Um, I agree. I agree with what you know, Danny, talking about Coutinho and the midfield have seemed a lot more in sync the last couple of games. I think that's the that's that's the key to it all. Really, it's the key to it's the key to how we play through the fullbacks. It's the key to how we interact with the front line. You know, it's the it, the key to everything. I think is getting people on the same wavelength, um, particularly in the midfield area and with Coutinho. And it's just, it's not going to work, like Danny said, it's not going to work for every game going forward. It depends on the opposition, but if we can get a consistent run together now where Coutinho just continues to bed himself in so that he's not, you know, the, the outstanding top class player in a team, who are looking, otherwise looking like strangers, right? That there's, feels like there's been a, a bit of a shift the last couple of weeks.
2: Wasn't there a period of time at Liverpool where it was Coutinho playing directly behind Sturridge and Suarez? or Am I imagining that?
1: No, I think you're correct. I think you're right. Yeah. Oh
2: no, it's like a. a <laughs> you just wanted to, you just though. wanted
1: to pipe in with that. Okay. <laughs>
2: no, 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 no. But like that's that's the way we're effectively playing right now. That's what Gerard wants. He wants. Mm. Watkins and Ings and Coutinho behind him. That's that's the front three he wants. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess it sucks to be Buendia and sucks to be Bailey. But like
1: But it gives you that option right too. Now. Like, if it's not working with Coutinho, you can go to Emmy Buendia. I mean, if anyone can challenge this, when have you ever seen a villa bench this deep? Mm. I can't like think of where we were when we got promoted and look at our bench then to now. Like, it's ridiculous. And it, it's it's I, the investment and everything like that, but it, I think it's only going to get better.
2: I just – I think the next thing for me is I really want to see Bailey get on earlier. I want to get in more minutes. I mean, 4-0 up yesterday, we really should have unleashed Bayley. I don't know how earlier. he fits
1: into it, like, Danny, and I, I hate saying that. I just – I, I, you don't play him as a, a central mid, do you? Play him as the lone attacking midfielder? Like do you just stick him up front. I mean, if Gerard's that obsessed with
2: sticking his fullbacks high up
1: the pitch, stick him at left back, man. I, I mean, I it's not a bad show. It's not. I'm not being up. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think he played a little bit there for Leverkusen as well. I think we've discussed that before. He's played a as a wing back, so. I mean, if you really want to sacrifice the the probably defensive hopes of your team, maybe <laughs> maybe that works. Or if you're like eight 0 up, maybe I'd be comfortable with it at that point. But uh, until we were eight nil up against a team, I'll uh, I'll, I'll leave that uh, to be the the one player I do kind of want to give praise to because I feel like everyone's hammered on him is Dougie Louise. I mean, not only for the goal, but Helping maintain the clean sheet, I thought he was rock solid. Aside from, I think he gave away the ball kind of cheaply right in front of our own box, and maybe once. But Danny, I'll throw this back to you. How good was he yesterday?
2: Yeah, he had a good performance as well. He actually got given plaudits as well, I think, on um on match of the day too, which is you know nice to see like sort of non-Villa fans crediting him for a top performance as well. Which to be fair, like it wasn't a super flashy performance. He just did the job. I think his set piece deliveries actually. Mm, they were they were decent as well. Not give him that. They were they were okay. Um, I, yeah, look, I think I I, I I think one thing that the midfield did really well is move in a particular way. I think you can see as well Gerard's influence in training when you, when you look at the big sort of when you look at the wide pictures where where you can see where players are placed. They moved together. They all kind of did their own thing to draw some Southampton's players out of the way. Um, really, really bamboozled them, and I think. That's the key, really, for Villa is they need to maintain these energy levels. I think that's probably what they were struggling with at first for for, for Gerard. If if um, if Dougie Louise keeps doing his job, if we've got that tightly packed in midfield, then and everybody kind of helps each other, um, I guess I guess that gives them a little bit more freedom. I know Louise wants to be more of an attacking midfielder. Um, he's going to have to wait for that, I guess. But if he keeps putting performances like that, well, yeah, you know who knows. Who knows how vital a player can be for
1: us. Yeah, and Tom, I mean, we're not really, I mean, I can't say we're not because they still get forward at times um, in regards to John McGinn and uh, Jacob Ramsey as well. Of course, we're not seeing Jacob Ramsey get probably as forward as we like at times, but in results like this, when you're doing this well currently, you know what? It's more so a team thing than it is a, a solo performance, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like Ramsey, I didn't, uh, I will, will
0: preface this with the fact that I was watching this in a pub. Um, so my my detailed tactical analysis was perhaps not, well, it's never very good, but perhaps not as good as it sometimes is. But Ramsey I, was probably the player that I noticed least probably for Villa yesterday. But I don't, honestly, I'm going to say I don't think that's a bad thing. I think we've, he's seen he's capable of producing standout moments. And I think, that, to be honest, the reason that we didn't see him very much yesterday is because he was neat and tidy, did his job. And we didn't really need anything standout from him, to be honest.
2: No no, Dean, maybe, Tom? No Dean?
0: Maybe maybe that was part of it? Yeah, it could be. It could be. Because I think we had... I mean, I, I certainly think we were a lot more solid yesterday. And like you said about the midfield moving, um, moved, seemed to move together yesterday in a way that... I felt a few times in recent weeks that we've been the midfield has almost been pulling apart from itself during games. People, you know, we've been dragged all over the place in some recent performances, but yesterday we, I really felt like we had that solid midfield unit back that we've been missing for a while. That's what city do, you know,
2: move together all the time. Mm -hmm. That's how you, that's how you overload, you know, take, you know, basically close up all the space that your opponents can see. I mean, it leaves you open in other areas, but if they can't get out, then it's not a problem. Or if they can't get the ball off you, it's not a problem. That's that, that that's I think what Gerard's trying to do: play that claustrophobic football. For the record, though, for the record, I would give Sanson a uh, would give Sanson a game against Leeds. I, I'd, <laughs> I'd bring I'd bring him in. I'd bring him in for Ramsey.
1: Well, let's, let's let's discuss it now, because um to everyone listening, of course, uh Villa play leads on Thursday evening. So there won't be a uh opposition preview for that. Only a few days difference. Um And we literally just played them. So I don't know <laughs> if it would make too much sense. So let's let's look ahead to that really briefly. And then we'll kind of track back and do these three word reviews on Twitter and give our match balls for Southampton, because I think it kind of lends nicely and blends nicely, I should say, into one another. Tom, how do you think we'll? Line up against Leeds, of course. New manager. I mean, they still lost, but I think they had like was something like four of the first five shots. They looked a little bit uh, better going forward, a little bit more um, compact as a side. They've, I know I've noticed that uh, man marking wise, they've switched a little bit tactically. Um, they're still up for the press, but I mean, would you really change anything personnel wise? Give anyone a rest?
0: I don't think I would change.
1: I don't think I change the system.
0: I think I would play the same system again, personally. I know that Leeds are a difficult... Leeds have always been a wild card, certainly under Bielsa. And now, obviously, this is only going to be game two of Jesse Mar under Jesse Marsh. Um, but I think at the moment, you kind of have to look at the last couple of weeks and go with the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it approach. But I, the idea of rotating Ramsey out for a game is not... Um, I don't object to that idea. I, I think Ramsey there's a lot of talk from fans, right? It's like Chuck like people expect a lot from young players these days. They expect them to just keep going, keep going, maintain the consistency of performance, play every game. Like you have to manage young players sensibly. It doesn't necessarily have to be too, too cautious, but it has to be sensible. And like, given that Ramsey had his spell of burning really brightly as one of our, one of our bright stars, right? And now, the last couple of games has been very solid. and there has been nothing wrong with his performances, but the idea of bringing somebody like Sanson in on Thursday, I'd be very open to, because I'd like to see Sanson get more minutes. It's difficult when I feel like even, even in recent weeks when our midfield hasn't been that great, our midfield's been picking itself. And I don't necessarily think that that should be the way that it goes. And Sanson, I think has looked very neat and tidy and very accomplished actually in a lot of ways when he's been on the pitch and you're at a point now where, like, we're really getting into a groove. Rotate Ramsey out. Bring. Why don't you try bringing Sanson in? Because I feel like Sanson and Ramsey. Maybe not. I wouldn't necessarily back Morgan Sanson to run sixty yards through a defense and score a screamer on his weaker foot. But you can dribble it. That, but yeah, I mean, I and I think he shares a lot of attributes with Ramsey. Um, and you know, you can always reassess it sixty minutes. Bring, you don't want him to go stale, so bring Ramsey on, make sure he still keeps his, you know, keeps his head in the game. And but that would probably be the only if I was going to make a change. If you assume that concert and Dean, it's good, presumably going to be a little while before we see them again. Like Leeds has got to come too soon, surely, if it's COVID. So then, yeah, again, we're in a position where the back four picks itself. I feel like the back four always picks itself because it's either the back four that we've come to know—Cash, concert Mings—and Or dean or somebody is out and the replacement is obvious um so I mean I'd be perfectly happy with the same back four again and then the only change I'd make probably would be consider bringing Sanson in for Ramsey I agree um you know I was calling before the Southampton game I said I'd like to see Buendia start on our live Twitter session that we did um shows what a fool I am doesn't it and then now you're in a position now where like how would you drop how would you drop How'd you drop Ings or Watkins and how? How and why did you change the system?
1: I jokingly said, Tom, on that Twitter Spaces to you and John Townley as well, that you know what nine nil can never, ever be ruled out, and you both laughed at me. And you know what? To be honest, if we we could have probably been five nil up at halftime with some of the chances we had, if we would have been slightly more clinical,
0: I was so. the only one of the three of us to predict a Villa win though. So I'll just have to throw that in there.
1: Yes, I did say two, two. So and I cowered it out, but anyways, Danny, I mean, you're the one that kind of ignited the let's bring Sanson back in discussion. But aside from that, is there any other changes you would make? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, if we're, if we're well and clear in like the 50th minute, would you even think, you know what, give Coutinho a little rest, bring Wendy on. How, how do you see all this?
2: Nah, if we're, if we're clear and I don't know if it's like two or 3 no, I keep Coutinho on until, until maybe like the sixtieth, seventieth at least. I, 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 to be honest as well, like we should manage, we should be managing Coutinho's time as well. We can't, we can't be expecting him to run the entire season out. I mean, I mean, unless he wants to, unless he wants to. Right, we, we've seen
1: can. what happens when Aston Villa burn a player out. Um, so let's yeah. not do that again.
2: <laughs> but like. Samson, I think for me, is one of those players who's like completely un- undersung. I think just like Nakamba was, I-, I reckon if you put Samson in the team, God forbid Ramsey gets injured, McGinn gets injured or whatever. I know they those are important fields. I but I I genuinely think over the course of a few games, you'll forget. And you you like he'd settle into that midfield with ease for me. The only issue has been his injuries and stuff. But um, in terms of other changes, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Like part of me, part of me says against Leeds, I need Bailey minutes. I need someone who's going to literally go at them like a Ferrari man, like someone who's going to go at them like a battering ram like someone who's gonna you know just 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 come at them with energy and that's that's why i'd say that you know against a team like leeds sometimes you just need to go hammer and tongues right play them at their own game and and basically scare them so i'd say i'd say keep keep that bailey trump card on the bench um but but definitely have in mind to bring him on at some point that's the only thing i'd say
1: yeah i think that's something we have to keep mindful of of course and we do have a quite a, a big run in now of course we would have hoped to get for better results against Newcastle and Watford and that's probably the only negative thing I'll say this whole podcast but of course leads on Thursday we have West Ham away on uh, next Sunday then I think Arsenal travel to Villa Park you have Wolves again then Spurs Liverpool Leicester like I mean there's a, a few tough games you know what we might get some point good points out of there but I just feel like at this point of the season, when you have some teams dropping off, some teams kind of knowing where their fate may lie, whether it's a relegation bound team, mid table um, short on Europe, whatever, I think, you know what? I I think we're still massively short of getting a a spot in Europe, but why not just push on? And you know what, if we're short, then we have that kind of desire and further hunger to go better next year. And I think it's about damn time that we go on a little run this season with all the inconsistencies, but We'll have to kind of wait and see but uh, let's go over to the three word uh, Twitter reviews that uh, some of our uh, listeners and of course those that follow the 7500 to Holt account on Twitter uh, send in so of course it's at 7500 to Holt and I think there is around almost 50 of them so thank you to everyone that got involved I'll try to get through these as quickly as possible and read out as many as I can so we'll start with uh, Simon Palmer saying we wanted nine yeah, I, I I share that completely, Simon. Uh, Shendo AVFC says four, four kin awesome. I think we can all kind of understand where he's going with that. Uh, Bono says Ings Coutinho Watkins. Um, let's go to Nigel WV went home happy. Um, and I think that's an important factor because I don't think we need too many um people leaving Villa Park angry these days. Uh, Aston Villa Rise Europe next season, Holt Ender no pretender four freaking goals, uh, Rob G playing to potential MPW. I love Villa. Michael Rudd should have had 10 Chris, uh, Margetts should, have should be six. I should say, uh, Macavilla, Coutinho. Uh, Oh, that doesn't count. Sorry. That's four, but I'll read it anyways. Cause I, that's my own stupidity for looking at it. Coutinho got to sign. I guess, I guess you could put Coutinho to sign, I guess I'll, I'll make his up for him just to get him within the rules. Uh, MM, sign him up, of course, meaning Coutinho, uh, Townsend, boom, shakalaka. Uh, Luke Overton, Chambers was immense, and let's do uh, three more. Um, let's go to Chris D, 4-zip Villa, uh, Stephen Belcher, great team effort. Actually, we'll do two more because I like these gifts. Um, no words needed from Jay, and it's just a gift of Emmy Martinez humping the air. And we'll finish with John Turner uh, with a gif of Howie Mandel saying that was dope. So I think that's the best way to end that segment, but let's, let's put these guys under the hot seat. Now let's get three word reviews from them. So Danny, let's put you under the seat. First three word review, sir. Strikers is a scoring. There you go. Okay. You looked a little nervous, but I'm glad you recovered very quickly. Tom, how about you? Um, was not prepared. <laughs> this is about me. Um,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Coutinho is class. Let's just go for that. Preempting my match ball selection.
1: Fair enough. Okay. Um, I'm going to finish with we're fucking massive. So there we go. That's the way I want to end that one because I I don't know. We don't. Let's be honest, guys. When do we really get this giddy and this happy about a win? It's two wins on the bounce. I can't think of any negatives. I'm going to soak this in all week until I was gonna we say, threw something up.
0: I was going to say as well, like it's just it's obviously coincidental, but you think back to the last time we played Southampton, and that yeah. Matty that Matty Target interview after that game when he just looked absolutely destroyed, and I think that was that was the game that cost Smith his job, right? Or the last draw that cost Smith his job. Like, talk about same opponent, contrasting emotions, right? That is other end, opposite end of the scale stuff. Um, I can't remember really coming. I suppose it's probably not that long ago. We had like the win over Liverpool last season and stuff like that. But it feels like a long time that we've come away from a Villa game and not only been so satisfied with the results and everything, but just had so much fun watching us play.
2: Yeah. I don't think we've scored four since that game against Liverpool. I don't think. I might be completely wrong. I think
1: that's correct. Yeah, that and like, sounds like it. Yeah.
2: Two nils always feel like, oh yeah, we're getting going, we're rolling. And then it's kind of like, all right. So yeah sit back now we'll finish yeah just, this just seems to happen a lot and we did that against <laughs> Not <True. long> ago. <laughs> look what happened well I'd see like i think see us punish a bit more
1: that's that's the thing and i mean we all saw what happened against leeds last time being three one up and letting it slip and yeah. I, I think i mean I, to be honest i don't care if they have a new manager i don't care if anything's changed for them whatever they could have their full starting strongest lineup like I go into this game mentality wise, and I think we just need to fricking hammer them, like step on their necks and do not let up. Like, I hate playing.
0: I just hate playing leads.
1: Yeah. But we just, I feel like four nil is a statement, but you know, what is a statement following up a four nil win with another massive result? Like it's about time in my opinion that um, I, I kind of want to keep this PG, but Stevie G puts his, 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 private part on the table and says look how massive i am basically is what Which i'm trying one? to say um Which private part well the, that that'll be up for the listener discretion um they can that's... use whatever part of the imagination it could just be a piece of wood or whatever that he just drops on the table from outside that's two weeks
0: in a row now that
1: we've been x-rated you can't be careful Nicole it's okay that's why that explicit button when i'm in the edit is available <laughs> so but anyways let's go to our man of the match slash match balls of course um if you're listening to this and want to send in yours and let us know of course tweet us at 7500 holt or you can email us holtcast at gmail.com but tom you've already kind of hinted at it but who is your uh man of the match or slash who is your match ball going to i'm just finding it hard to look beyond
0: coutinho really like just the level that he plays at and like involvement in all of the goals like that, that highlights video could individual highlights video that Villa tweeted out. It's like, you know, is it possible to frame a video and hang it on your wall? Cause uh... <laughs> until he doesn't
1: <laughs> sign for us in the summer and then we're all
0: heartbroken. <laughs> that's it, and that's the, like we mentioned about it earlier, as long as he's happy to sign for us, like uh, that's an encouraging thing outside, outside of this particular game and performances that the signs at the moment seem very good in terms of him being happy at the club and everything but we'll have to wait and see but honestly just if he keeps putting performances in like that um that rule about not falling in love with a lone player is going to be just out the window for every single one of us
1: well it's about time we fell in love with a, a lone player because um let's be real um we had a brief kind of love in session with ross barkley that was basically a spark that turned into um i don't know old smelly car feel left over that no one wants. Um, you look before that with Danny Drinkwater. Um, I don't know next season, are we loaning in Messi? I guess we'll have to wait and see. But uh, Danny, who is your man of the match?
2: Obviously, it's, obviously it's Coutinho, but like, I, I really wouldn't want to leave this without giving some recognition to Ollie Watkins, who I think had his best performance in a Villa shirt this season. thought it was excellent. right? Dragging defenders all over the place, running that line with ease. Even his ball in to set up... Um, i think was it oh was it was there a second goal no what goal did he set, did he set up a goal who's that he for? set up coutinho multiple times as well Watkins. Yeah, he
1: put he put coutinho through with a great ball the one yeah where the, the chambers one yeah the chambers yeah. long ball was uh, headed on by watkins and oh my god i wish that went in That's i, I what, love yeah. i love the replay and you can see the one guy i, I don't uh, if he's listening hello but anyways and just like you could see as it's going wide everyone's like oh no <laughs> He was cutting oh. in from the left like really,
2: really well as well all game. I think that was the kind I think for me, he just looked happy to have Coutinho behind him. That's that's uh, that's a thing for me. So, yeah, um, he's gone from sort of a player that I that I would have said a couple of weeks ago, I'm willing to let him go to Arsenal to someone I was like, hang on a minute, no, this is uh, this is what he's really about. Well, this is the guy that scored a hat trick against Arsenal.
1: If, so if, us, if you've noticed though, Danny, you can tell that us football fans and us filler fans know jack shit. So um anytime that we criticize someone and say actually this is gonna be another explicit thing because I just swore. But anyways, it, I think so it's already there.
2: What 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 we're at with Gerard right now, and we're gonna have to deal with this. We're gonna have to deal with this. We are no longer a team who I think are consistently gonna win or consistently lose. This is now, we're a system team. We're a Gerard system team. Teams are going to come to us and know how to play against us. Other teams are going to know, well, other teams are going to come to us and, and just not be able to handle us. And there's going to be that element of unpredictability. But if that means more wins than defeats, I'm fine with it.
1: It's more of a conversation thing too. Like, it's just exciting to, you can, there's so many different things that you can talk about, like long story short when I used to make YouTube videos doing match reviews for Aston Villa before, prior to relegation, I'd have to talk about the likes of El Mohamedy or Matt Loughton or uh, Felipe Senderos. Um, yeah, it wasn't very awe-inspiring with, with a few brilliant moments. I've right liked there. all of those players, Cole. Yeah, that speaks a lot, Danny. But anyways, um, let me say my match ball here quickly and then we can have our, our, our little chat. But of course, I'm going to be a little different. It, it's easy to give it to Coutinho. And of course um, I did so on the player ratings. I think it's kind of unanimous, but I mean, Danny Ings, fair place, a goal and uh, a goal and two assists. I mean, one, a hell of a shift. I think a lot of people have gotten on his back kind of questioning one up top. Should it be Watkins? Should it be Ings? And you know what I, to be honest, I didn't even know we got two assists. It's just kind of how he chipped in and he's, he does so many things off the ball that when you kind of look back at it or watch extended highlights, you really appreciate what he's bringing in. It's selflessness. I don't know if it's maybe Jared's had a kind of a talk with him, saying, you know what you can score 10, 15, 20 goals a season, or you can score half of that and we can be more successful as a side. And I feel like that's where we're finally getting at. Everyone's chipping in. It's not just one or two players and you're pinning the hopes on that and that's it. But, uh, Long may that continue. Long may uh, what kings uh, be a thing as well but um we'll wrap things up there so thank you very much for joining us and thank you very much to tom and to danny for joining me on this uh fine afternoon here in canada for me and tom and of course a little late evening session for mr danny Raza. we'll have to see when he jumps back on the pod here at some point could be a, a day a month a week we don't know but uh he is, he is a, a myth. He is a, a gust of wind. We'll never know when we get hit with him next, but uh, let's leave it there. Uh, we should be back. Next hopefully. week, I'll bet you. i
2: bet you it'll be next week. <laughs>
1: yeah okay we're gonna quote that and see if it actually happens now but uh, that's big that's big talk that is that's big talk that's massive talk but anyways of course i'll be here we'll have some people back to chat right after the Leeds game which you should hopefully hear uh early friday morning but like i said we'll leave it there don't forget the villa